You are listening to episode number 76. God does keep his promises, even when we fail to recognize it. My name is Antracia Moorings, and welcome to my weekly podcast, where I share biblical truth to offer light for your walk and life for your soul. Just a reminder that my new Bible study, Dust and Divinity, starts the first Monday in January. I do hope that you'll join me. We'll be looking at Genesis chapters 1 through 11. You can pick up the workbook on Amazon. Again, the name is Dust and Divinity. So this week, I want to talk about a popular Jewish holiday that probably doesn't hold a lot of significance for you if you're a Christian, but one that should hold a great significance for you as a Christian because it has a big tie-in, and that is Hanukkah. And you probably don't even know about Hanukkah, or you may have heard of it, but may not know a lot about it unless you grew up around Jewish people or have Jewish roots yourself. But Hanukkah is something that we should take into consideration as Jesus followers. Hanukkah is this year, December 22nd through December 30th. And while it is mainly a Jewish holiday, I want to extract some of the truths that exist in the Jewish holiday and what they mean for us as Christians. Hanukkah is often called the festival of lights. And a historian named Josephus said that the right to serve God came to people unexpectedly like a sudden light in reference to Hanukkah. And Christmas is also a holiday about a sudden light. The story of the nativity includes this account in Matthew 2 verses 1 and two. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and came to worship him. Now, many of us know that Jesus is that great light, and he's the great light that existed back in the Old Testament and today. And I want to reference a scripture that you may have skipped over many times, just like me, that holds great significance when it comes to looking at the importance of Hanukkah. It's John chapter 10, verses 22. It says, Now was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Now, this is the only biblical reference to the feast of dedication or Hanukkah, because Hanukkah happened in that period between the Old and New Testament called the Intertestamental Period. And many people think that this was a dark time in history where nothing was happening when it came to God and those people who were living for him because we have nothing written. But if you look at history books, there was a lot going on. What I'm going to talk about next is one of those historic events that happened in this period. So let me give you a little bit of background. There was a Syrian king named Antiochus, who invaded the Jewish nation, and he demanded that the people abandon the God of Israel and his ways. So his plan was to force Hellenization on everyone in his kingdom. So this meant simply that he wanted to impose Greek customs on everyone under his rule. This included idolatry. This meant that Jewish people were forbidden to practice serving God the way that they knew how. They could not circumcise. They could not hold their festivals or their holidays. So anything that had to do with their culture and serving God, Antiochus wanted it annihilated. So to ensure that no one could worship the God of Israel, Antiochus defiled the temple in Jerusalem. He went that far. 
He placed idols in the house of the Lord and he sacrificed on the holy altar. And not only did he defile God's temple, but he took the title Epiphanes, which means God manifested. So he was demanding to be worshiped instead of the true and living God. So he wanted to be considered a deity, the true God. But interesting thing that the Jewish people changed his title, calling him Epiphanes, which means crazy. (laughs) I don't think that he knew that. So this is a really dark time in Israel's history. But God always has a remnant. And he raised up a small group of heroes that was led by a family known as the Maccabees. So you may have heard about this story before. They waged a successful rebellion against Antiochus and they drove the Syrians out of Israel. So the Feast of Hanukkah commemorates this victory that happened that God gave the Jewish people over Antiochus and his mighty army. So Hanukkah became the high point of that victory which included rededicating the temple of Jerusalem back to God. So there's a lot of legends and extra stuff surrounding Hanukkah. But one of the most famous, well-known facts about Hanukkah's is the miracle of the oil. And it's said that when the Maccabees recaptured Jerusalem, they immediately went to rededicate the temple. But they had a problem that they faced. They needed consecrated oil to light up the candelabra in the temple, but they only found enough oil for one day and it would take full eight days of oil to do what they needed to do in the temple. So the thought of lighting the lamp only to see it go out again was heartbreaking for them, but they had such a zeal and a desire to rededicate the temple back to God that despite the dilemma they faced, they decided to light the candle anyway. A traditional story came out of this Hanukkah story. And there's a line that says, Nes Gadol Hayasham, which means a great miracle happened there. And the great miracle was that the oil, which was only enough for one day, continued to burn for eight whole days, enough to make and sanctify new oil. This is why Hanukkah is celebrated for eight days and why the Hanukkah menorah is lit for eight nights as well. And while this fact isn't mentioned in the earlier accounts of the Maccabean revolt, it is believed to be a part of the history of the Maccabeans getting the temple back under their control and rededicating it back to God. So a lot of people believe that the reason Hanukkah lasts for eight days is that the Maccabees, after they recaptured Jerusalem, had a belated Feast of Tabernacles celebration. So if you remember, Solomon himself had chosen this very same Feast of Tabernacles to dedicate the temple when it was newly built. So the eight-day festival that included joy and thanksgiving would have been a great way to remember the rededication of the temple. The eight candles symbolize the number of days that the temple lantern was lit. The ninth, which is called the Shamash, is a helper candle used to light the other ones. And so when the Jewish people celebrate Hanukkah, families light one candle on the first day, two on the second, and so on. And after sundown during the eight days of Hanukkah, They recite prayers and sing songs. And it's still appropriate to this day during Hanukkah to say, Nes Gadol Hayasham, a great miracle happened there. 
And the miracle of Hanukkah is the miracle that God has a preserving power. He's able to keep his people. He's able to preserve his worship. Israel's victory over Antiochus and his mighty army showed off the miraculous power of God. God had staked his reputation on his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when he vowed to preserve and to sustain their descendants forever. So God gave a promise all the way back in the book of Genesis. And in this dark intertestamental period, he sustained that very promise. It's no wonder that the enemy has attempted to annihilate the Jews throughout history because he knows that God has a promise for his people. And Antiochus was acting as one of Satan's tools in his scheme to destroy the Jews and try to make God a liar. And in fact, the prophet Daniel predicted these wicked deeds of Antiochus in Daniel chapters 8 through 11 and even depicted him as a type of the Antichrist, the beast of Revelation 13. So if we go back to the book of John, Jesus has been in Jerusalem since his arrival for the Feast of Booths, which happened in chapter 7. And he was regularly teaching in the temple. And his teaching, as it always did, caused a lot of discussion about who he was, where he came from, and how he got the authority that he claimed to have. And it led to a division among the people. Some believed that he was the Messiah. Another believed that he was demon-possessed, or worse, a blasphemer who deserved to die. And after the first part of Jesus' Good Shepherd teaching in John 10, there's another sort of divided response to him, where they say in John chapter 10, verses 19 through 21, again, the Jews were divided because of these words. Many of them were saying he has a demon and is out of his mind. Why listen to him? Others were saying these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So it's not clear how much time had passed between that discussion and then what happened in John chapter 10 and 22 at the time of the festival of dedication, also known as Hanukkah. So again, Jesus is at the temple. This is in the porch of Solomon, which had been sustained. It was one of the original parts of Solomon's temple that wasn't destroyed during the time of King Nebuchadnezzar. And some Jews gathered around him and asked Jesus to put an end to the debate about who he was once and for all. How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly, they say in John 10 and 24. Now, the Jews at this time were very well aware that the events that led to the Feast of Dedication, when they approached him in the Holy Temple on Hanukkah, they knew all about what happened with the Maccabees and the rededication of the temple. And they say, if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. If Jesus really was the Messiah, then they figured he had the power to keep the Jewish people from the harsh rule of the Romans under which they lived at that time. So they were expecting Jesus to be the king who would come and destroy Roman rule, just as God had preserved them from the evil ruler Antiochus. And Jesus answered them with a rebuke. I told you and you do not believe. This is in verse 25 of John 10. Jesus had boldly proclaimed that he was the Messiah. He claimed divine power to preserve and to keep his people. 
but it was not going to be in the way that they expected it. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Jesus's power to preserve his people wasn't temporary and it wasn't a physical power. It was eternal and it was spiritual and it was based on faith in him as the Holy One sent by God. They had to believe that he was Messiah, but that he came to deliver in a way that they didn't expect. I always talk about God has this upside down kingdom, and this is yet another example of that. The salvation that Jesus offered was not from Roman oppression, but from the oppression of Satan. It was from the oppression of sin and even death itself. And the rededication of the temple was a reminder of God's power to keep his promises and to preserve his people, the nation of Israel. But that day, one greater than the temple stood on Solomon's porch. I and my father are one, Jesus said in verse 30. Now remember, this is Hanukkah. Fresh in people's minds was the fact that they had rejected the false claims of Antiochus to be God. But here was Jesus standing in the temple, that same temple, making those same claims to deity. What you can you understand their dilemma? What do they do with that? This man, Antiochus, came and said he was God and ruined the temple. Now we have another man in the temple standing right there saying that he was God. What are they to do with this? Do they believe or are they going to be ruined like they almost were by Antiochus? So their reaction was understandable from a human standpoint. It says in verse 31, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. We read these verses and don't understand, like, why would they treat Jesus like this? When you understand the history and where they came from and how they expected to be delivered, you can see how some of them responded to Jesus this way. You had to have faith to believe that Jesus was God. And if Jesus hadn't been who he claimed to be, they would have been absolutely right to stone him. When people rejected Antiochus, God kept his promise. He miraculously preserved them. But when the Jewish leaders wrongly rejected Jesus's claims of deity that day, they missed an even greater miracle than when Israel's won that against the odds victory against the Syrian army. They missed the miracle of Emmanuel. They missed the miracle of Christmas, which is God with us. And that miracle gave Jesus the right to claim power to keep those who would come to him in faith. Only as God came in the flesh as Jesus, able to save to the utmost those who come to God through him. God does keep his promises. We have to remember that no matter how it looks. Even if God does not deliver or come the way that we want him to or desire him to or expect him to, God is still keeping his promises, even when we fail to recognize it. He said, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is from the book of Isaiah. And Jesus fulfilled every one of those precious promises from God. 
In him, God had proven that he was faithful to Israel and to all the world, even to us. So this season, we also can celebrate the miracle of Hanukkah as well as the miracle of Christ's birth. Because God keeps his promises, we know that he will save and sustain Israel and his followers, which includes us. And because God keeps his promises, he will save and keep all those who call upon his name through faith in Emmanuel, God with us, who's our Messiah, Jesus. And because God keeps his promises, he has made each of us a blood-bought believer to be his own personal temple. We no longer have to look to Solomon's temple and try to keep that pure. We are the temples right now. God is with us and has taken up residence in our lives. If we have accepted him by faith, we've accepted who he is by faith that he is who he says he is, then he has taken up residence in us. And because God keeps his promises, we can dedicate ourselves anew to live for him by the power of the Holy Spirit who burns within us. So thank God for the light this season. Thank God for the miracle. So this season, even though you may not be Jewish, you may not celebrate Hanukkah, you too can say Nes Gadol Hayasham, a great miracle happened there. Because if you're living for God, if you're living for Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, you've accepted him by faith, that is a great miracle right there. It's a miracle that Jesus came in the flesh, but it's even more of a miracle that we've accepted him by faith. So I wish you nothing but blessings this holiday season. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter to stay in the loop. You can find it on my website at unfoldingwords.com slash newsletter dash sign up. I will include a link in the show notes so that you can keep abreast of what's new with Unfolding Words. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I'll see you back here next week. Until then, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.